touching anything that just makes me want to laugh and laugh and laugh. And yet, they make money. All right. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around, perhaps beverage in hand, talking about anything and everything. We may use explicit language, but we're hardly the most obscene thing you'll hear this week or probably even today, so consider us PG-13. Your hosts today are John Schmidt, Karen Brenchley, Chaz Brenchley, and me, Dave Welsh. This is episode 91, the psychological model for character building. Okay, well, I was um, surfing about the net, and um, I just, I don't remember how I came on it, but I found an article by someone with the delightful name of Kira Ann Pelican. Um, entitled How to Create Compelling Characters. And what it happens to be is kind of a how-to article. It's on a site called... uh, Psyche. Psyche, yes, thank you. Um, Which um, talks about how to use a modern psychology model to to develop characters. Um, So without further ado, her thesis is that um, you can use a scientific model to understand a fictional character kind of the same way you would with a real person and analyze them and take them apart. Um, Yeah, uh, but she goes further than that. What she's saying is that you can use it the other way to create fictional characters. Right, yes. And, yeah, I was getting to that. Well, I'm sorry. I've interrupted. That's okay. So, being the... Please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to outline the model so that uh, our our listeners have it in in hand while we're talking. So... um, the um, the model she's referring to is the the big five model. Um, it's uh, was proposed by a couple of psychologists named Toops and Kristall. And what they did was a factor analysis of survey data of words used by people to describe other people. And um, they came up with kind of five axes that describe personality traits. And everybody lies on a spectrum supposedly of each of these five traits. They are extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism conscientiousness and openness to experience and the and the reverses of those of course right yeah introversion disagreeableness um i don't know what the opposite of neuroticism is um emotional stability i think okay and conscientiousness so was that conscientiousness oh yeah that's unconscientiousness which is a word i've never heard before and then openness to openness to experiences closedness to experience or um, Close to experience is what the what the article says. Right. Well, I'm glad somebody else has read the article. Excellent. I haven't um, read the article. Right. Excellent. So, what do you think of the article? Um, and have you ever used any of these techniques yourself? <laughs> um, okay. So, I am I am, as you know, a heretic. Mm-hmm. And whatever whatever system or formula people use, I always say I don't do that. Right. Um, and of course, I don't do this. Um, <laughs> I mean, it seems to me to be an interesting way to look at characters, to analyze characters already extant on the page or on the screen. Um, because, I mean, that's what she does throughout the article. She's looking at particular figures from literature and film um, right. and, and, and arguing or demonstrating how these measures can be applied to them, where they, may, where, where they come on the spectrum. Right. Um, spectra, sorry. Um, but 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 um, I cannot wrap my head around the notion of my interruption. The notion that you could take this as a system and use it for creating characters in fiction. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's I mean this is this is this is just me. Um, you know, I I am I am not an analyzer, I'm not a plotter, I don't sit down in advance and work things out. Right. Um and I have been doing what I do for forty something years. Uh, which means that I don't even remember how I do it. Right. You are an uh, inveterate pantser. I'm an inveterate pantser, and it all seems to me, you know, my entire process has become so inherent that I, can't, I cannot think about it in these ways. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense to me, whatever. Can, can you, well, can, as, as you said, can you take, a, uh, can you take an existing character and... and analyze them using this and gain anything from it or um i don't i don't honestly see where the gain would be for me um okay. i mean it, yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting as a means to analyze other people's writing if that's what you want to do and let's be frank i don't um but yeah no um it's i see no value in it for me either looking back or looking forward I see. Which is not all to right. say that there's an interest. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to diss it at all because right. I read the article with a great deal of interest. Right. It's just well, so, so removed from from the way I do things. It, right. It doesn't touch at any point. Also, I, I, I the other thing I want to I want to argue with her. Can we get her on the show? <laughs> um, well, that was another thing. We we, we will try, I suppose, and uh, yeah. it would be very interesting to to talk with her and, it will and be argue fascinating with her. To talk to her. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I really wanted to argue with her with one of her basic principles, which apparently is a basic principle across psychology. Um, so I have to argue with an entire... <laughs> well, I'm the one here with a psychology degree, so I'll... I'll oh, right, yeah. So um, these big five um, measures of personality or character or whatever, whatever, whatever it's officially called... Right. Um, she says they are all seen as individual and separate and not influencing each other, which seems total nonsense. Um, I mean, my introversion is extremely affected by my neuroticism and my neuroticism by my introversion. You know, the, the two feed off each other, absolutely. Right. And you can't say they, they measure independently. All right. Well, let me, um, you've, you've touched on two things that... Um, oh, I can I can kill with one stone here. Um, so I think it's a model. It's uh, I mean obviously it is a model, but her use of it as a model for character building um, is meant as a starting point. And and it's, you're probably not her target audience. I totally right, right. Writers who are much less experienced and have trouble getting started understanding characters are probably her audience. Um, and uh, as a model. Um, touching on your second point yeah. um it it simplifies uh right so um the reason she is able to say um i assume i i'm, I'm not terribly familiar with this model but the reason she's able to sit, say that these um these axes of of personality trait um don't influence each other um it, it's a little bit circular um and she's probably got it kind of wrong in some ways um they are probably assumed not to um, influence each other for purposes of the model. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for that. One is you can't have a model without doing some simplifying. Now you can <laughs> argue that this is oversimplifying um, and that would be a very, very valid argument. Um, but psychology is kind of squishy anyway. So if you can get anything <laughs> that agrees with the data to, you know, 
a correlation of, of 0.5 or 0.6 brilliant. Um, so um, the reason that this is a modern and uh, uh, data-driven model is that they've actually done a factor analysis and um, can you can you can you explain to the ignorant over here what a factor analysis is yeah that an ignorant can understand sure um in in basic terms you've got well if i understand what they did they 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 took a corpus of uh descriptions of people mm -hmm. um by other people and they just they just separated all the words into um you know into categories sure. essentially um, and then you have when you when you come up with these categories, then you you do some um, uh, AI or, or rather machine learning kind of uh, jiggery pokery on it, and they kind of sort themselves. Um, you have some kind of a a metric that that describes how how close they are to each other and how orthogonal they are to each other and stuff. And you just yeah. you just crunch a bunch of numbers. Numbers. That's what. Yes, right. Exactly. Yes. So it would be very interesting. To have her uh yeah i'm sorry she 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 it has gone away all right she, she she is not going to join us tonight oh well we will revisit this this modeling thing then um at some point but i mean that's that's the basis of it and it's a it's a kind of a uh the, the other thing to to realize about this model from a machine learning or from a mm -hmm. conceptual standpoint is that it's it's a it's not a feedback model you don't there's no right or wrong answers you're not getting it's it's just it's just taking the data and seeing what the data seem to be kind of telling you based on how you um, how you defined uh, their distance from each other their relationship to each other. Okay. Um, and and a lot of times you'll what you'll do is especially in in modern AI is you'll you'll start with thousands of factors and you'll just you know run them through these enormous. Um, uh, server farms and and it'll boil it down to the most important um right. most important factors and a lot of times some factors turn out to be equivalent to each other or very highly correlated to each other so oh, sure. you, you combine them and stuff like that yeah. and some yeah. some are random and you just drop those so mm -hmm. so that's essentially what what the factor analysis thing is about okay thank you and and, and so this leads me to a question um mm -hmm. i would i looked at this method briefly but i don't uh, whether I'm plotting or pantsing or, or just farcing around, uh, I don't construct my characters to a framework. They are either people I talk to or set dressing that has certain characteristics, if that makes sense. Makes so sense. Uh, there are characters who are there carrying part of the load and uh, anything that I don't know about them, no one gets to see because it's not going to make it into the writing. What this seems to me to be is actually one step on the way to good artificial intelligence generated characters that will pass the uncanny valley test which is essentially the touring test only you're watching a tv show and is that character real there mm. as opposed to a functional way for most of the writers i've talked to to put characters together um, yeah, I mean, it's an it's an unfamiliar way to put characters together. Um, it clear clearly seems to work for her, yeah. um, and and I would imagine that she has a cohort who do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess um, an, another. I don't know if this is properly a criticism or not, but mm. 
um, there's no real reason to, I mean, this is, this is, let's just say for the purposes of argument that this is, or close to the, the most um, data-driven scientific model of personality that we have at the moment, right? Okay. There's no reason that you need the most modern data-driven model to, to write a literary character. I mean, it's just any, any way you can get started is a good way. And she introduces it as such, right? It's like, you know, the, the, in fact, she, she talks about, what's his name? Um, Aspects of the novel by E.M. Forster. E.M. Forster. Yeah. So, I mean, and apparently uh, he talks about how to develop characters and, you know, writers have been talking about how to develop characters since there've been characters in writing. So, um, yep. this is you it's, know, it's a contribution to the conversation sure yeah exactly um, and and it is an interesting one and I'm slightly alarmed by John's pointing out that it's a <laughs> sort of feeder into an AI character creation well um, um, module because you know that's going to put me out of work um, well not in not in your lifetime. Don't don't. Well, yeah, okay. Right. Um, but in the in the same way that CGI is replacing special effects created otherwise, mm. um, I, I I hope this doesn't happen. That that the the, the the machines get better at right. what we do than we are. Um, but I expect it will, and that's um, okay. Because as you say, I'm I won't be here. I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> there are already. Um, AIs that can write, for example, news articles um, yeah. reasonably well, um, but that's all—that's a pretty cut and dried type of writing. Sure, um, but it's it's coming, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The other, well, another thing is um, this yeah. wasn't really—it it wasn't really her point. She wasn't no, saying. No, no, absolutely, it wasn't. She was. She was. She was um, proposing this as a right. as guidance, as you say, particularly for for writers early in their careers um, as a way to enhance, to generate three-dimensional characters, what E.M. Foster calls rounded characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very valuable contribution to the conversation. The fact that I myself, um, being 40 years ahead of her, um, gain no value from it is not to denigrate the system. Um, For those who need a system. Um, I think, I think this, this is really interesting and, and yeah. accessible. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, just tangentially, since <laughs> that's what we do here. It's um, what can we you, do. We're yes, all um, you are familiar with uh, E.M. Forrester. Can you, can you expound a little bit on, on what he, he says about character development uh, just for um, my edification? Um, obviously I can't, um, because Aspects of the Novel is probably the one book of his I haven't read, um, because I don't, I don't do that. I don't do how-to books. Um, I don't read them. Well, Um, well, it was written in 1927. Did you, you never read it when you were a baby writer? I did not read it when I was a baby writer. Um, I, I wrote when I was a baby writer. I didn't. I didn't yeah. go to instruction manuals. Um, yeah. I did my thing. I was, I was throughout my teenage. I was confident that I was going to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and obviously, uh, yeah, Ian Forster had nothing to tell me. Um, which, which, which is actually an, a note I take. That was a um, what's the great comment on it? Uh, somebody said uh, 
it, it, everyone who's reviewed it said some of it's good, some of it's bad. But one of the wits said something about what I learned is that he puts forward the way to write novels is like E.M. Forrester. Yeah, um, that I I have a strong feeling, um, having worked on one, that the all the MFAs and all the create master master of creative writing courses all across the Western world are teaching people to write one kind of novel. Um, and um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a bad kind of novel, um, but it does mean that the, because, because um, it is becoming the case, at least in the literary world, that having an MFA is seen as a necessary step to getting published, which is bollocks. I mean, I don't even have a degree. Um, but... Um, because 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 that is seen as a necessary step, therefore everyone is doing an MFA, and they're all getting the same essential yeah. thing. Um, yeah, the same basic messaging. Um, less is more, I believe, is still current as as the prime driver of of how to write. I, I was again, I was the heretic when I when I was working on the um, Master of Creative Writing course in Newcastle. Um, I would I would walk into a class and say, okay, everybody else on this on this faculty will tell you that less is more, um, and I am here to tell you that less sometimes less is just less. Um, go big, yeah. <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I do think there is a sameness that is infiltrating um, literary fiction. Um, this, because how, how long has this been going on? Um, well, in the UK, I would look back to the, we had when I was when I was a student in the seventies. Um, there were two creative writing courses in the country. It was just wasn't a thing in universities, um, and the the famous one, um, the one at the University of East Anglia. Um, which had Malcolm Bradbury, who was a top-notch novelist and 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 screenwriter, um, running it. Um, famously, their first student was Ian McEwan, who is one of the leading novelists in in Britain today. And um, yeah, I mean, I would. That's that. I think is when it started because it became clear that the UAE course, um, UEA course, sorry. Yeah. Um, was was becoming significant in publishing um agents and publishers were sending people first to talk to the students there and then um to recruit them a number of 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 uae students uea students i always get that wrong um <laughs> got 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 agents if not contracts mm. uh, before they left the course and and oh, it was just wow. a thing um, yeah. And and since then, certainly in the UK, um, th- I think there has been this creep towards the kind of fiction that is taught in college. Um, and and I, I don't know the course of the similar projection pro- uh, progression in yeah. the US, but I'm I'm tolerably sure that it's the same sort of thing. I think you yeah. started earlier. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I'm from Iowa, so there's the Iowa. University of Iowa Writers Workshop, right? Which I have heard of that. I, I suspect is um, uh, in many ways similar, um, hmm. but 
Um, I don't know for sure. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a literary career and did not get an MFA. Um, among my master's degrees are no uh, MFAs. Um, well, so uh, I, I, I said follow the money, but I mean, I, I think if I'm channeling Jeannie here, Jeannie yeah. usually hosts, so, and she would have, she would have blurted out follow the money, right? So, yeah. so the publisher is kind of flocking to the, to the MFA program. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, agents ahead of them. Are you, there is, there is one agency particularly that has an intimate relationship with the UEA course um, and scoops up several of its students most years. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing becomes influential almost by definition, almost by default mm -hmm. um, within that particular genre, that bracket of publishing. Um, right. I mean, it is not as... Is still, as far as I'm aware, not significant in genre publishing, which is my place. Um, mostly right, I was going to... Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's, I, I'm, I'm just holding forth here. Yeah, no, I was... I, well, and, and you do so well, so I hate to... Yeah, happen, but, keep going. Love but, it. Well, um, I, I do so, have a... Re regarding so yeah, genre uh, fiction, I was going to, I was going to say, um, yeah, I mean, this is all true in the literary world but what yeah. about you know popular fiction or genre fiction or or i mean you know millions of books get published that um, aren't quote-unquote literary and yeah, what's no, the relationship um it's it's a very closely bracketed relationship um in literary fiction i mean certainly when i when i was teaching um on a creative writing course um, I was the only genre writer I knew who was teaching on any creative writing course across the country. Um, they, there is, you know, there is still, there is, there is a legitimate prejudice against genre fiction that yeah. has inhabited literary fiction forever. Um, and that prejudice has still not broken down. Um, Brian Aldiss wrote a poem um, which is two lines long, and I should be able to remember it. Um, and I can't. But essentially what it's saying is... Take your time. I cut out all the, the pauses in the... Oh! So yeah. it'll, sound, it'll sound like you came up with it like that. Okay, give me... Um, no, I really can't remember. Um, but essentially what it says is, um, if something's science fiction, it can't be good. Oh. So if it's good, it can't be science fiction. Oh. Um, except I'm pretty sure it rhymes, and I don't know how yeah. he did that. Well, that's um, that's a common logical fallacy, though. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is it is nonetheless a mindset that is intimately familiar to those of us who have been working, at least in the UK, yeah. for um, you know for some time. Um, I mean, obviously there are exceptions. Um, there are at right. least two MacArthur geniuses actively working in science fiction yeah. um and i love that um right. there may be well, more but yeah i mean you, you your your hero J.R.R. tolkien invented yes. a genre um did is is the lord of the rings and and that stuff considered literature now or is it genre fiction or does it bridge the gap somehow or what is um it is it is certainly a um a an area of study yeah. within um literary circles in in the universities um 
Tolkien studies is practically a subject in itself. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but, but I do not think, I mean, you know, anybody studying Tolkien at university is not going to get points for studying his imitators and followers and disciples, um, which is, you know, um, to some extent it's fair enough. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are, there are science fiction courses these days. Um, I'm tolerably certain right. there are people who have acquired master's degrees in science fiction and so forth. Yeah. Um, so there is some acceptance of the genre as an area of study. Um, but that doesn't mean there is acceptance of the yeah. product as an element of literature. Oh, okay. I think I you would find a lot of people still within the within the establishment who would um, who would argue very much against the turn admission. up their nose at uh, yes. genre fiction. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I took I took writing courses from uh, somebody who went way back um, from somebody who who writes genre fiction and, and I believe was interested in it at the time and, and right. wrote it. Um, Bruce Holland Rogers. Um, I hope I, I can get him on the show at some point, but yeah. Um, um, yeah so um, I guess I kind of got the, got the impression just from the couple of courses mm -hmm. I took from him that, uh, that yeah, this, this kind of snootiness, if you will, if you will, kind of exists. And um, uh, I don't know, he, he was still early in his career. So um, uh, it'd be interesting to talk to him about it. You know, what he decided to do. I know he got into, short short fiction for a while and i think he's won a nebula so i'm sure he's into science fiction so um i don't know what he's done lately i'll have to ask him um but yeah okay so all right well we've talked about uh, uh <laughs> the industry and and uh gone off on our our tangent um i wanted to circle back and and just talk briefly about other psychological models. This is just this is basically just an excuse for me to to um, to dunk on the Freudian model, which I've always hated, um, and uh, just um, it, it, it's a load of bollocks, as you would say. Um, but it it's another and and however, um, my point earlier that this isn't necessarily um, that that having this you know modern quote unquote modern um, uh, psych psychological theory isn't really necessary. If you can come up with a good character with the Freudian model, you know, good for you. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, for, the, for that purpose, the, it's okay. Um, as, as psychology, it's bollocks, but. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I mean, the, the point, the whole point and purpose of creating characters is to put believable characters, yeah. people, um, yeah on the page or on the stage or on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and whatever route you take to get there, they, you know, they don't have to be, they can't be accurate. They only have to be credible. Um, right. And often accurate is exactly the opposite of credible in fiction, yeah. right? So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, how many times um, have you heard someone say, you know, if, if that was written in a book, I wouldn't believe it. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, we very much avoid, generally speaking, the extremities of human behavior because because they're very hard to make credible within a within a 
the psychological context of a of a character on a page. Um, well, well, in 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 a lot of regards, the character on the page is um, also a model um, and has to be simplified. I mean, you can't say everything about the, you can't even if you if you imagine or write down a bunch of backstory for the character, you can't even fit all that in the novel, and that's no, and that's a simplification, this is, right? So, yeah, this is this is one of the differences between um, panthers and plotters, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I really hate panthers. Um, it sounds demeaning. I'm sure the word was created by a plotter. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, obviously, Ooh. yes. yes. Um, well, um, Jeannie, but, Jeannie but, uses it, so I blame her. Yeah, uh, sure. We can all blame Jeannie, especially since she's not here. Mm -hmm. um, but Oh, I'd blame her um, to her face. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> the... What am I saying? I am saying that... Answers versus plotters. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some writers who will sit down and in the same way that they will world build an entire planetary civilization, um, knowing that 90% of that will not make it onto the page, but needing it nonetheless to support right. their own notion of... Their, their own vision of the, of the work. Right. Um, yeah. There are people who will sit down with index cards or whatever the computer equivalent is, probably Scrivener these days, um, mm -hmm. and, and create characters with so many details about the backstory and so on and so forth and their psychology, to be sure, um, and, and so on. Um, and knowing that, yeah, 90% of that isn't going to make it onto the page, but, right. but feeling that they need to know that he went to boarding school and had a miserable time there, even though he's now 70 years old and, um, and it's never going to be mentioned. Um, right. I don't do that. You don't write it down, but I, I'm pretty sure you have it in your head. To some um, no, no, really. Um, really. I mean, I create characters as I go along um, in the same way that I build the world as I go along. Um, right. When I need a thing, um, huh. I find it. Um, I mean, like the the thing I'm working on at the moment, um, which started as a sort of notion for a short story that I could knock off in a few days, and yeah. then it went on, so it became a novella, and at the moment, technically, it's a novel. Um, it starts with a discussion about the difference between grief and mourning, um, and obviously, it needed a character who was torn between grief and mourning, and... Um, her expressions of both were extreme and opposite. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a place I can start a story with someone who is torn between two completely different behaviors, depending mm -hmm. on whether she's being overswept by Greece, by grief or encompassed by mourning. Um, and the whole thing built from that. Um, yeah. and, and at the moment I'm loving it. And she has become a very complex character with a yeah. long backstory, which is all on the page, um, and, 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 and an entire world with warring empires and so on and so forth has been built around her. And, that, and yet that's how I do it. It's a day-by-day it's a, it's a -day ongoing process of yeah. building the well, thing that I need. Yeah, I, 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 do, I, I'm, I do a similar thing um, when I'm writing. Um, I do try to, well... Part of this is in the context of writing games, so for yeah. games you do need to 
do a little backstory and world building just in case the the players decide to do something unexpected which they <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean when i when i write uh stories or fiction or, or i'm starting a game um i i do much the same thing i um uh, just start with an idea and and develop it i don't um uh, a lot of times it's 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 wordplay i'll start with wordplay and mm-hmm. and it'll it'll remind me or or spark something and i'll say oh that's kind of a clever notion and just see where it leads right but um do you ever find that it leads you to a dead end i mean you you um so i've been doing sudoku puzzles lately and yeah. if you screw up you might as well just start over right so um <laughs> have you ever run into a sudoku mistake in in your writing where you you've you've I'm not going to say pants because you don't like it because you've improvised your way in a circle and, and run up against uh, something that just can't happen. Um, not exactly that. I have once in my life, um, I have started a novel um, with a brilliant idea and written it to a point where um, everything about the book was still interesting to me because I have this huge um, British Empire on Mars project um, mm. in which I'm writing lots and lots of different things. And That's this familiar. particular, this, this was supposed to be its first novel. Um, and, and it ran into a place where it was becoming fascinating in a world building sort of way, but really dull as yeah. fiction. Um, so I thought, okay, I need to rewrite this completely probably from sort the, the Silmarillion of Mars then. Yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started rewriting it, and and then I wasn't happy with that, so I started rewriting it again. I never do this. This is not what I do. I write first drafts straight through, and then I go back and meddle and fix things. Um, but because I've started it at least three times now, it's completely stuck, and, and, and I may very well never go back to it at all, which is a real shame because it's brilliant. <laughs> so um yeah um it is it's always the anxiety um when you're pantsing uh we need a improvising let's say improvising Um, really improv either um yeah we need a better word i just pulled that out of the air okay well your assignment for next time is to come up with a better word for pantsing so that we can throw it in genie's face because that's what i like to do um also Um, we'll post links to oh i'm sorry did you have any you have uh, finishing thoughts. We're running out of time here. Yeah. No, okay. I'll stop. I'll oh, shut up. What? No, you don't have to. I mean, <laughs> she always does this so smoothly. We'll post links to all the interesting things we've referenced. Um, you've been writing. You've been writing. You have been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts, our web McGaffey Swain and our sound and engineer. Oh, and McGaffrey. Mc- oh, I'm sorry. Dr. McGaffrey. She's just Deirdre Schween now. Oh, I'm sorry. Our web magic. I have an old copy of the yes. plate. Our, Our web, web magic, magic is brought to you by Deirdre Schwen. I'll just record this later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You've been so, listening to uh, writers drinking. Oh. <laughs> you have been listening to writers drinking way too much, and you can tell.